Petersfield's Shine Radio. This is Talking Books, presented by Susie Wilde and Tim O'Kelly. Hello, I'm Susie Wilde. The author of the Book of Beer trilogy... And I'm Tim O'Kelly. Of One Tree Books. And we've got two guests this month. We've got Catherine Evans and Sue Wallman. They're young adult authors um, of some note. I'm really thrilled to have them. And it's a great chance to meet Cathy, who we, who we, who we met in lockdown, so not uh, virtually. Yeah. And um, was our sixth guest, I think. And uh, Sue, who was our first guest post-lockdown. Post I remember that day. It was a really hot, beautiful summer's day and we yeah. were so excited to be, be out back of in, lockdown. Back in real life again. Yeah, absolutely. But so let's start as usual with what you've been reading, Susie. OK. Well, I'll keep it fairly short, Tim, because I want a good long interview. So um, the main one that I've been reading is Yellow Face by R.F. Quang, that you was one of your hardback... Um, right, now I haven't read this. What, tell, me, tell me about it. I think you'll also find it really interesting. So far, I've only spoken to other writers about it because she so cleverly depicts the world in which we inhabit, for good or ill. But also, it's a kind of a thriller, kind of a ghost story. Um, But it's very much... I don't want to put people off who aren't writers um, because I think everyone... Well, most people use social media and so on. But it would give people who are not authors a fascinating glimpse of the, the the muddy pool in which we have to paddle to try and flog some books and every writer that I know has loved it but also kind of feared it because we all go through this stage I know I have again recently of just thinking why am I doing this there's enough books in the world why am I having to go through this torment and not the writing the writing itself is fantastic um Indeed, her writing in the book is also fantastic. But it's very much to do with the process is something you absolutely have to do if you're a born writer. But it's all the rest of it that is soul-destroying. That sounds a bit, sounds, sounds a bit negative, Susie. But you, you well, enjoy the process, don't you, of, of writing? I, I love the process of writing. And I think this is what she absolutely gets to the heart of. It's almost a need. But I really recommend the book strongly. It's a fabulous read. Great. Okay. And what what else have you been reading? Well, the other one I'm going to just mention very briefly because I'm only halfway through it is The Spy Across the Water by James Nochte, um, which I was thoroughly enjoying because Jim Nochte, as you know, people of our age know, was a ma- or is a massive reporter who knows <laughs> in every way um, who, who knows the USA backwards he was our special correspondent there and I've seen him many times at the Borders Book Festival and his comprehensive knowledge of the world there is nothing that any audience member could ask him that he isn't absolutely on with the whole history so there's this wonderful thing but then I discovered that it's book three in his Will Fleming spy series so this is you know Mayor culpa. I think it's quite a loose trilogy, I think, in, oh. in a sense that um, you don't have to read the previous books to read this one. Oh, I've, okay. I've read this one, and um, it, I think the, the trilogy goes back 
20 30 you know it's it's there's big chunks of time between each book it's not it's not a it doesn't oh, form that sequentially so, oh, so i panicked i thought i should go back to no, book think, one but I maybe i'll fine. press on did fine. you enjoy it i did yes i mean i think it's he's quite wordy as he is as he is in real life um and he 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 never uses uses one word where where, where 10 will do um but how much of that as you say he knows his subject really well um and um we, we really get these characters are, are really well described. Um, Cast possi- of thousands, though. It's like a Russian novel. <laughs> but possibly it could do with maybe um, a, bit of, a bit of a hard... A bit of red pen there with the editor's red pen. But, um, but no, I did, I did enjoy it. I like a good spy thriller. And it's, it's kind of more Le Carre than... Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's more thoughtful and less, less action. There isn't an awful lot of action. But, um, but he does it very well. And, and real-world events that he knows well, so it's, yeah. it's authority. Yeah. Good. How about you? Well, I've read a, another, a book that we, we, again, we both read called Dead Rich by... Um, well, he calls himself G.W. Shaw on this book. It's, it's William Shaw, as we know him, who, who's, who has written several uh, series of books, actually, his Breen and Tozer series and his um, D.S. Cupidi um, series, which, I, which I'm particularly fond of. As Cupidi William Cupidi Shaw, series. isn't as it? As William Cupidi, Shaw, that's yes. right. Um, and what he does is he manages to tell. Um, he, he's a great craftsman, I think, of, of writing. He 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 structures his thrillers really well. Um, they build up nicely. There's good tension. He doesn't let once the tension's on, it doesn't it doesn't let it go at any stage. Um, he tells a good story. It's believable. And um, no, I think he's a really excellent writer, actually. And in this one, I mean, I think the the, the Cupidi is very characterful. In yeah. this one, I it literally was. Everyone says, "Oh, it's a page turner," but it really was. Yeah, no, it, it's this one is set on a on a super yacht. It's a kind of um, uh, <laughs> bit like a bit like the TV series Below Deck. I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen that? No. No. Well, Below Deck is is a is a reality TV a series about uh, Tim about below I've I've uh, my daughter is absolutely uh, they, they <laughs> absolutely love it and it's it's uh, all the people who are working below deck i.e. the you know the, the purser and the steward and the the captain and the first lieutenant all this all this big crew and then the, the boats are, are leased out to the super rich for for a week or a fortnight or whatever and um, and they demand all make all sorts of crazy demands um, so it, it's and it, and it's we must watch the interaction <laughs> between the two, and it, it is. Um, I've only ever seen one episode, but it was it was very entertaining. And I, I'm sure watch more. It's had, it's had, there have been ten series of this thing. It's been it's hugely popular. But this is a kind of boat gone wrong because the the uh, the oligarch that that is on this on this boat, um, and of course our our hero who happens to be the the sort of casual boyfriend of his daughter. Um, comes on the trip. He's a good hero. He's a I good think, hero. Too. And he uh, and and one of the I who, but one of the crew turned out to be a bit of a bit of a hero as well. So um, also some baddies on oh, board. Oh, there's some baddies. But who, baddies is board. who is the real baddie? Who is the real baddie? That's the question. But Tim, I don't know about you, but I actually loved the kind of prologue, which was all about the oligarchs and their vessels. In truth, yeah. so much so, I thought the quality of the language was so wonderful. I actually read it aloud to Richard, and right. and you think safe pair of hands, yeah. really good no, narration. He, knows, he really knows what he's doing. Yeah. So that was that was one book. I read Satsuma Complex by Bob Mortimer, which uh, which I I read the first chapter of. I mean, when it first came out in hardback ages ago, and you mentioned did. it to you, Susie, and you you went and read it and raved about it. And it's taken me a while to actually read the rest of the book, um, which I really enjoyed. It's a kind of, I suppose, it's a sort of surreal 
mystery in some way. It's not not totally surreal, but his language is so um, is so uh, I don't know. It's, it's so evocative of him and his style of humour, which is kind of I don't know, it's elliptical is a word or 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 surreal. I'm not sure what it is, but it, it it's very funny. Uh, it's very um, and in some places actually quite moving as well. Very strange and um, and very enjoyable. And he's trending on Twitter. I expect you've seen. <laughs> but that's because... I'm a threads I mean, person these days, of course. You know, Twitter's, so, Twitter's so 20th century, really. Of course, really. of course, you're uh, so meta. Uh, but I think the thing is what you're getting at is it's actually infused with his whole character, which is so lovable. Yeah. So not only is the Satsuma complex itself trending, but so is Bob Mortimer. Yeah, no, he's, a, he's, he's a great character. I he think. is. And the last thing I wanted to mention is, is an old classic, actually, by Chapel Sam Selvin, uh, The Lonely Londoners. Um, Say the name again. I don't. Sam Selvin. Oh, I don't know that. He, uh, it was written in the fifties, um, and it's about the West Indian experience in London, basically. Oh, wow. um, and it's it's an episodic story with lots of these characters, fascinating characters that he uh, who who um, are part of the West Indian scene in London in that time. And at the same time, of course, London is a big character. This sort of grey. Uh, gloomy, damp, <laughs> smoggy kind of place, um, which is gradually smothering these people who, who are used to uh, you know, oh. the brightness of, of the Caribbean. Um, and um, it, is a, it is a really, really interesting short novel, um, and um, I really recommend it, actually. So if, if you missed any of the titles, just remember that we always put them on our website so you can always go back and find the authors and, and book titles. So what have we got to look out for this month, Tim? Well, some, uh, first of all, a few hardbacks that I've, that I've really enjoyed. Um, a Bird in Winter by Louise Doughty. This is a really compelling spy novel. Um, I, I don't mean to contrast it with, with, with Jim Noxley's book, but it's, it's, <laughs> but... it's, uh, it's much more action uh than than his book um and it's it, but it's but it's less it's less big events and grand um you know an understanding of the whole picture which he gives brilliantly this is a tiny little one minute this woman called bird is in a meeting in a birmingham office uh the next she's on the run and there's some something we don't quite know what what she's done or what she hasn't done, whether she's set up or whether she's not been set up, whether she's a goodie or a baddie. Um, and um, gradually it becomes clear. And I won't, I Is won't it explain what a first-person narrative? Or? Uh, effectively, yes. Okay. It's all done through her, although, although occasionally we get other perspectives as well. Okay. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this one, actually. I think it's a really good, really good thriller. Um, Is this hardback? Yeah, right, and it's... Okay. it's um, She'd, she's done about, well, she's done a few, but most famously Apple Tree Yard, yeah. which uh, had a sort of political angle as well. But this is, this is, I think, a really good and really compelling spy novel. Um, the other book I really, really enjoyed this last month that's coming out is Tom Lake by Anne Patchett. Now, Tom Lake is a place, not a person. Um, it's a cleverly told story told by a mother to her daughters about her young love for someone who is not their father. Oh. Um, so it, it's this book about romantic love. It's also a book about married love um, and the lives that, are, that parents live before their parents. So before they become parents. Yeah, before they right. become parents. And, okay. and, but the idea that, you know, that, that 
that just because people are a bit older doesn't mean they didn't have lives once. Um, Don't and, we know it? <laughs> it? It's really compelling. It's witty. Uh, I think it's a really exceptional novel, this. And She's one of the a good best, writer. One of the best I've read in a long time, actually. Right. Um, so I really heartily recommend that one. A book I haven't read yet is Pax um, by Tom Holland. This oh. is War and Peace in Rome. It's the third volume of his of his huge, massive book about, about the Roman Empire. Um, and that's coming out in August as well. So in paperback... Um, how to Live When You Could Be Dead by Deborah James. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, do you remember Deborah James? She died, uh, she, she had bowel cancer. Yes. She died in her 30s. Um, but she was the most extraordinary, um, I don't know, uh, inspiration to people to, to get health checked, but also to live their lives when you, day by day. Every day should be you know, lived as if it's maybe your last day and make the most of it every moment you have. Um, so it's a very inspirational book, um, and that's coming out in paperback. Whalebone Theatre by Joanna Quinn. This is one of those novels that, that was really raved about last year. I haven't managed to read it yet, but I really do want to read it. Great title. Yeah, it's, it's about a girl growing up who doesn't fit in. Um, she's Christabel, and at, at, at 12, she witnesses a, way, a whale washed up on a Dorset coast beach. And, um, and the story goes on from there. So um, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, Simon Seabag Montefiore, The World. This is an extraordinarily big book. It's absolutely <laughs> it vast. Um, I think it's about a thousand pages. But it tells it tells the, the history of the world. But he he does it through um, families um, and and through dynasties and and explains what's going on in 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 world history. I mean, really extraordinary book from starting from nine hundred and fifty thousand years ago or something. Uh, and it, it is it is uh, really really quite something. Um, somebody said I remember reading somewhere that that it's a sort of book you pick up and randomly on a page, and you'll find something interesting on that page. So it really is. It's, it's, it's maybe that's something. the way to read it. Maybe that's the way to read it. I don't know. Um, the the biography of Agatha Christie, which was very much fated as well, is mm. that's Lucy Worsley mm. uh, biography. That's coming out next month. As well. I heard her talking about it on Radio Four. It sounded fascinating. Yeah. So that's that's some of the highlights for for next month. Wonderful, thank you. Right. Well, many welcomes to Sue and Catherine, who we've got here today. Um, just a brief word of introduction about them both. Catherine is a woman of many parts. She's an inspiring speaker. I've heard her speak before. Uh, she's also a fruit farmer and a fencer. Um, that's with swords, not with, not with um, uh, posts and wires. I have done a bit of that as well. Probably done a bit of that as well. Around, around <laughs> so we've heard. Um, but for our purposes on Talking Books, she's a writer of young adult fiction, and in particular Beauty Sleep and More of Me, and more of both of those later. Um, Sue has been a journalist and is now both a successful writer of young adult fiction and a librarian in a secondary school. Um, her new book is called Every Word a Lie, which doesn't sound a very good start, is it? For, but we're for... sort of celebrating today. Thank you. Yes, um, I'd love to talk about it. Shall I tell you what it's about? Crack on. Um, thank you. So it's about Amy and Stan, who are best friends, and they're part of a friendship group that love pranking. And they have a friend, Holly, who's part of this friendship group, and she's annoyed them, and they are looking to get back at her in some way. Um, nothing too mean, but 
um, then, you know, they sort of feel even more annoyed with her and they decide um, to pretend to be someone online, this boy that they know she really likes. So they're, they're catfishing her. And then Holly winds up dead and... Um, this happens a lot in your life. <laughs> <I know. laughs> winds up there, which is awful. It's a little bit worrying. Yeah, yeah, and um, the, the catfishing messages continue and everything spirals out of control. So I'll leave it there, otherwise I'm going to tell you spoilers. Do you think your books are getting darker or do you think you've always been a bit that way? Because uh, it just feels to me as if there are Do you think bit, so? Perhaps there's more body count. Well, I did... I mean, I don't know whether I'm giving a lot away, but there's there's three murders in this book, and I had written four, and they said four was too many, so I had to. Oh, yeah, three's, <laughs> so three's I, fine. So three was yeah. allowed, four, no, no four was three's too fine. much. Four's, four's definitely a crowd when yes. it comes to murdering yeah. people. Yeah. Well, I can say I've literally just finished it. I finished it over lunch because I was desperate. I absolutely had to. And um, I just couldn't. I read till about one o'clock in the morning, and I thought, I've got to stop now. Um, and then I read on again today. I think it's fabulous. Thank you. Thanks. Fantastic. Yes, and the, the, one, the um, I was thinking of the one, the one that was, uh, which, I can't remember the one that. I look in the back of the book. One, which was? Oh, I know you did it. That oh one. yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, although it's not, not actually. Well, I won't, so I won't give it away. Actually, no. Because it's not. It's, it's more of an accident rather than. It might be at the, the beginning. One that we yes. About, yes. Actually. Well, that's mm. that. Yes, has done really well, and I think that's because there's a double twist in it. Yep. Um, so yes, that it's really hard to talk. All the way it's really Fantastic. hard to talk about my books without giving spoilers. So I'm always mm-hmm. kind of thinking about what I'm saying before I say it. And we, we, I think we said this last time as well, but it's it's you haven't had any murders in your schools that you're working in. Not so yet, far. not so yet. Far this, this, no, this year, no, I'm no. looking good. out for them, but yes. right, good, <laughs> good, okay, excellent. So, Kathy, um, you're the one that I always think of as. Um, sort of a great performer as well so <laughs> so you do have an acting background don't you I do yeah can you just say a bit about that uh, I studied drama at university and then I went on to be an actor so and I didn't stop even when I married a farmer I carried on doing work that was convenient funnily enough I did a film at the Wilden Downland Museum no, yeah, which is Oh, gosh. Well, the kids were quite young because I was their chaperone as well as acting in the film. And Archie would have been about four or five. So a long time ago now, about 18 years ago. Wow. Um, but I think that that um, desire to show off a little bit, uh, but also to perform and to deliver and to want an audience to feel satisfied is one of the reasons why I love doing events of of all kinds and I plan them carefully as if I'm doing a show so I think you know deliver it well plan it well and uh, your school visits are going to go well well when we last met you we actually had to do a zoom event Tim didn't we We and and it was like and you were really unhappy to be in lockdown and away from people I honestly felt like um somebody had cut off my oxygen I absolutely hated everything about it couldn't see my kids couldn't see my family couldn't do what I love going out into schools I couldn't really read because I didn't want the emotional road roller coaster of story to rattle what I was barely holding on to sanity and and I, I couldn't really write what I wrote in lockdown was just really depressing and it's taken me a while to recover from that I think um so what are you writing at the moment well, I, mean, actually... I don't mean tell us but just Loosely, I set aside young adult because it wasn't just lockdown. 
you know, the things that happened in lockdown, this is going to take a bit of a dark turn. No, <laughs> so go I dark. Apologize. George Floyd being murdered. Yeah. Sarah Everard being murdered, amongst other women, police officers photographing two dead women in a park. Yeah. I was so angry and hurt at the world. And it just, sp- I couldn't write well because I was just swamped with emotion. Mm. So I had to set it aside and write something fun, and that's what I did. So I wrote middle grade, time travel, a romp through history with real-life characters, like the first female aviatrix in um, in Britain who was absolutely amazing character to write about, and her name has gone out of my head. We were just talking about this, Sue, weren't we? Yes, because yes, it's very easy names. when you're being asked a question just to So is this blank. Amy Johnson? No, 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 no. it's somebody no, else. No, she was a balloonist, it will come to oh. me. She was a balloonist, and she, you know, when hot air balloons had barely been invented. Mm, she's an aerialist, is that what they call yeah. them? Yeah, and, or and she, would, like she would go yeah. up on the hot air balloon on a trapeze and then parachute <sighs> down. And she was in multiple accidents. She did a mid-air rescue with a friend of hers on her friend's maiden She actually jump. sounds like you. Yeah, she really does. <laughs> so reminds me of Great Circle. Have you heard Great Circle by uh, Maggie Shipstead? No, it about, sounds like I should. It's about a, a, a woman in the 20s, 30s in, in America who becomes an aviator and, um, and goes on these amazing trips. And eventually she decides to do The, the Great Circle. And that's after the war, after the Second World War, where she, because in the first, in the, in the war, she's a she's a pilot, obviously, um, American, and um, and that at the heart of this book is this is this great circle. So you definitely should read. I that will book. Definitely, definitely read that. That does sound really good. But she, she was just a really fun character to write about, and because she was mixing with people like Buffalo Bill, it was just a really fun thing to to write about. But not just that. I hopped. Oh, I. I took a little dip in Viking oh. times. Oh. I just hopped across history. As having, you do. Yeah. Paying so have you, is this a modern-day protagonist who goes yes. back to these places? Yes, right? she is. And she's young. Okay. She's young. And it was really a lot of fun, and I loved writing it. So Sounds perfect for school visits. <sighs> so is this something you've got in your back pocket for, for later on? You're going to expand it, or is it something you're actually working on right now? As, as I'm a waiting for feedback on it from my agent so I think it it needs work but I'm waiting to get her feedback but I really loved writing it and obviously because of the way I write there is a big twist at the end and I realised as well it was a child pointed this out to me on a school visit everything I write has a missing person in it and in this story it's a missing mother um and how perceptive of that child. Yeah, how very perceptive. And Echo's mother has gone missing. There's a, it's a talent, the time travel talent, that runs down the female line of the family. Echo's a good name. For, for a time travelling young woman. For a time travelling young woman. Mm. Sue, will you stick to YA fiction, do you think? Because you are supreme. Well, I've got a deal for another YA um, thriller, which I'm just starting at the moment and then beyond that I'm not sure because I have um sort of one book deals so sort of think it um through at the end of each what, book each time yes yeah, so right. I had a two book deal and so and then I've had one book deal since which gives me kind of more flexibility around deadlines and stuff um I suppose yes there's part of me that's thinking well what else could I do and that's exciting and I know Tim introduced me as a school librarian. I just left my job on Friday. Um, so um, I, I've got sort of mixed feelings around that. Um, and it was really sad to leave some of the students. 
but you know I feel like my writing life has to open up a bit and I'm really looking forward to seeing where I can go with my writing I think that's really so you're basically going to be a writer nothing else just full-time yeah it's quite a quite a fantastic gulp moment what a what a what a big decision to make and a great and a really good one Thank you. Well Thank you. <laughs> that's that's what I meant about the celebration um, as yeah. well. So it's not only the congratulations for getting this brilliant book out, but also stepping forward into life. So I think we're all expanding a little bit now. So I, have you done any school visits recently? Yes, so. I've been very restricted um, working in a school five days a week, but I have done some school visits. Um, I sort of probably about two. To a term, probably. So, um, and what do you do? Workshops or talk? About so, talks? I either I do author talks to whole year groups, and I do workshops. Um, and my work, my most popular workshop is how to write a thriller. Excellent. Can I, can I please come to that? Yes, yes. <laughs> can we, we all? all that? <laughs> yes, uh, which is really great. Well, I mean, you know, I'm saying it's really great, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's I love doing it, um, and I think you know everyone's kind of curious about thrillers. You know, what makes a good thriller? Um, and we sort of come up with the thriller idea in the in the workshop. And it, does it always um, involve dead people? Well, <laughs> not what, literally. What, what, I, what I say to the students is anybody can write that graphic stuff, you know, the sort of gory detail. You know, it's the suspense you want. Mm, it's that yeah. sort of layering of, 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 of tension that um, I'm trying to get them to understand how to, how to write. But and, also yours is very character-led. So you really, the reader, ends up really caring about the people and I think then it becomes suspenseful because you actually care whether they're going to be killed or not rather than just like their chess pieces on a board and that's what I love. That's really interesting because I had a discussion with my editor about, you know, what comes first, plot or character and it's not very fashionable to say this at the moment but in thrillers, well, the books I write, plot does come first and then you fit the character in but that's not to say your characters aren't no 3d so thank you for saying that um so i work really hard the first draft they're they're really flat and then i just have to keep working at them until they are real people um but they are fitting into the plot that's Mm. that's you know i can't escape that Mm. no i absolutely but it's not it's not just the dichotomy of the two things Mm. it's always both Mm. or it should be both for a really good thriller but it is for me I need rounded characters yes. that I care for. Yeah, otherwise it's not satisfying, is it? No, it is, it is very much both. But some people think you can just, just do one without the other. And a lot of people just go, you know, major perhaps too much on the characters and, yeah. and, and have brilliant descriptions and everything. But you've got to have a narrative drive. You've got to just want to know what happens and keep turning that page. I think that's, that's for me anyway, that's what but I But you I can feel. do a lot of that in the edit, can't you? In fact, more and more, I think many books are only the edit that we can all just write a first draft, but the actual book comes out like a good edit. And I suspect that's not really the case with what you do, Sue, because it's so... The building blocks of where how you layer the tension on top, they have to be right from the start, don't they? Otherwise, you're going to have to completely rewrite. You're right. I, I have to know where I'm headed yeah. and roughly, yes, what's going to happen. And yeah. how to how to dance? Do that dance where you you, you take the veil off each time, you know every every so often. You've got to re- yes, got the to art reveal, of the reveal. Yes, slowly yes. but fast enough. And then um, you discover a tin leg. But was it a tin leg? But no, was it, it was not. Was it his own yes. tin leg? <laughs> yeah. But you also have to play fair with your reader. So 
and you absolutely do and though you know generally speaking and you know i don't want to say too much about this but i honestly didn't see where this was going um it, but if you once you know if you would read from the start again you, you you have carefully peppered bits in yes it has to work and and a lot of what i talk about in my workshops is you know how do you misdirect a reader you know what are the nuts and bolts of that um but the, but the rules are you can't i mean not rules but you you can't um so the red herring has got to be it's got to be what, well, you've got, to, you've got to be able to spot it, really, haven't you? You can't just... It can't be completely misdirection. Or maybe maybe it can. I mean, the old Agatha Christie thing is that, you know, that you, you, can, you can do the plot and you all, she always has misdirection going on and you never quite get realise who, who the actual murderer is because it's completely impossible to work it out. And I always feel that's, that is cheating a bit, really. You've got to... Uh-huh, or maybe not. I think you've got to allow the reader to think, well, it could be this person and to yeah. follow that trail, definitely. Yeah. Um, but in my books, you know, everybody's got a motive, pretty much. Yeah. You know, they're all fairly shady in their own ways, and, and that's one way of doing it. And then, um, yes, hiding significant detail yeah. um, within but a it's busy a bit, scene. But it's a bit unsatisfactory if, if it all hinges on something that, that you didn't give a hint about. Oh, absolutely. No, yes, yes. No, that's awful. Yeah. And I read a book where the actual murder didn't come in until absolutely the last quarter. And Not I thought... Fair. You know, why have I read They've that? They've got to put in a yes. early, haven't so you've got not... to have that character sort of... But also I get really irritated by other things. I don't know about you guys, on the television as well, you know, the heroine always backs into a black room <laughs> using a torch or going in frontwards, things like that. Or um, in your book, Sue, I love the fact that she actually yeah. phones the police and reveals some evidence instead of going, no, I can't tell anyone. You know, it, <laughs> yeah. that... So yes, you just yeah. really. I mean, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, that's convenient. It's a bit lazy, really. Isn't it, it? I think it's really lazy. Yeah. You just need to work a bit harder. So, Kathy, um, what are your workshops? You got any coming up in schools or? Yeah, um, when the new term starts, it's all quiet now. It's exam term. But you'll be planning, presumably, will you? I I am planning something new, but it's very it's very early stages. Okay. But I do lots of already do lots of different workshops, but. Um, Interestingly enough, the, the uh, workshop that I do around beauty sleep on social media and beauty standards, the research I've been doing for the historical time travel novel has fed into that workshop that I'm going to be doing. It's incredible the things that people used to do to make themselves look beautiful to a very strange standard by modern standards. Male and female? or Male and female. I'm particularly interested in women because I feel like it's women who are most affected. But actually it's not solely, and when I talk about it in schools, I talk about both the effect on boys and girls. And actually boys, I think they are an untapped wealth of cash for a lot of companies. They mm. want those boys to mm. feel bad about themselves, so they start mm. buying face creams and mm. shaving off all their body hair and mm. all the rest of it. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a growth market, but that's really, it's the opposite. But it's, just, it's just fascinating that we have always had this cyclical way of looking at body image. Like, you know, it used to be fashionable to have a monobrow. And if you didn't have one, you could stick a little bit of mouse skin between your <laughs> I eyebrows. I love... <laughs> won't go to Merkins. Oh, yeah, but a Merkin... <laughs> no, let's not. Let's not. Family it. show. Um, so tell us more about Beauty Sleep, 
Cathy, because although we talked about it last time, not everyone will have heard the interview in Zoom. And I would just like to hear what's the plot? Why would people want to read Beauty Sleep? So Beauty Sleep is about a young woman who is um, terminally ill and she's put into cryostasis in the 1980s. Explain. Uh, she is frozen. Her body is frozen in the hope that in the future there will be a cure for her terminal illness and she can be revived and cured. And that is what happens. She is revived a little bit ahead of where we are in the future. And it sees the world through her eyes, a girl who was pre-tech girl, who has never, no idea about social media, and none of the exposure that young people have um, nowadays to social media. And it sees the world through her eyes and we we feel the impact of the images and not just the images but how other people have responded to those images so one of the first things she spots she notices when she's properly awake is that everybody has these dazzling pearly white teeth so what was interesting about beauty sleep was that i'd written it for a young adult audience and you know it has reached that audience um was shortlisted for a few regional prizes and uh, actually won the 2020 i beat john grisham Yes, I beat John Grisham in the Did Prime you? Festival. I didn't know that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, because it all happened in lockdown, so oh, I didn't get to go to the okay. to the red carpet. And and I was thinking, oh, this is you know what a time for a book to come out yeah. just before we go into lockdown. And then it was picked up by book clubs, and it sold thousands of copies to adult book clubs. And they, I, I was kept going on this wave of people. That and TikTok, um, you know, supporting me on. I think it's probably talking social books. Media. I probably was. Probably, I think we take all the credit. I definitely Absolutely. should take all the credit. Yeah. Well, thank you, because it kept me going. It really did. So, it was, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. You, you write your book for an audience, and then I'm sure you're read a lot by adults as well. Oh, yeah. Too. Yes, I suppose it's mostly um, young adults that contact me through my website, but yes, I do get uh, messages from sort of people in their 20s yeah i, I think it's who's reading yes. books is, is, has, is changing yeah and i think TikTok, tiktok is one of those things that actually has taken books that maybe were aimed at initially aimed at maybe late teens you know sort of but they're, they're being taken up by people in their 20s because they really enjoy they that's the period of their life they've really enjoyed reading you know and mm. it's kind of like those all those people who read harry potter and they mm. you know they they don't necessarily want to jump ahead and, and start reading Pride and Prejudice, and you know, and uh, they they actually enjoy these books, which are really well plotted and really interesting and really entertaining. Mm. Don't necessarily want to, you know, jump off into into high end fiction. The thing is with young adult books, I think we know that our readers aren't going to hang around if you don't catch mm. them in that first few pages. Oh. Then that you've lost them. That they're not First going page, to be very really. forgiving yeah mm. and i think that that is quite appe- it's yeah. appealing to me as an adult reader i mm. want to know oh, i'm going to enjoy this book mm. i'm going to you know well you to... said earlier about the safe pair of hands that you always felt when you pick up a book by sue wolman i completely yeah. agree with that there is some we talked about it with the gb shaw book didn't we Tim? Yeah. that you just feel this narrative safety but i've got to say before GW. we go off tiktok Catherine evans author is colossal on TikTok. <laughs> colossal. You colossal. are mighty. I, I've had a few things go viral, but I'm not. I'm not mighty in TikTok world. You TikTok are. is a really strange place, but I do have quite a lot of followers on TikTok. Yeah, I picked up quite a lot of followers during lockdown because I was talking to young people 
I couldn't talk to them in schools, but I could talk to them on TikTok and say, wherever you are, we, you haven't been forgotten. And we are grateful that you're doing this for old people like us, <laughs> staying at home, giving up your lives. I mean, I have such complex feelings about what happened in lockdown, but I think it was devastating what happened to young people. Yes. Mm. And then, and it, I don't think they'll ever truly get over it. I think it's a scar that will run through a generation forever. Well, it's quite upsetting when you think about it. I think they won't ever be as secure as we thought we were. I think we weren't that secure, but we didn't yeah. know it. So I think we had that. But they missed strength. a lot. Yes. They missed a lot they from, missed a from lot. you know, the year six kids who didn't get to go on their first trip away. I was written to by a little boy who said, I, I, um, I've been looking forward to my year six trip, my first freedom without my parents, mm. and it's not going to happen. Mm. From, from that to... Um, young people who just started university and they're stuck in these horrible mm. cell-like rooms, not meeting anyone. Some of them having this awful food delivered, you know, a burger mm. and a can of Coke mm. every day to sustain with, them. With, with police going round the outside yes. trying to catch them out. I know, yeah. oh, just, yeah. just Unlike the Prime Minister. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they wonder why we're cross about that. Yeah. And now this is why I go viral on TikTok, <laughs> yeah. Susie, because yeah. I get really cross yeah. about bad behaviour from people who should know better yeah. when other people are, you know, doing their yeah. very best and getting pulled up for making tiniest uh, misdemeanors i've got my hands in my pockets now I'm yes cross. you are you're in yeah. Yeah. Cross yes. Yes. And, no. and i think on a personal level we've all sort of sacrificed haven't we and yes. seen um the ramifications in our own families really um, i have a question a book yes. question yes far away do you think because i am accidentally i told you earlier i've just started i have started writing a new ya novel it's accidentally a pandemic book but not not in the way you think but not in a tiktok <laughs> no no it's it's hard to explain but i realized as i was writing the opening chapters oh this is a pandemic book um do you think there's going to be a i think they there will but i think it's the time isn't quite yet no with, yeah, so I think by yes, the time you yes, got yeah, because I'm so yes. slow, five years' Polished. time, by the time yeah. I've finished it, yeah. Because yeah. with my last book, um, which is sort of set on this island in the Caribbean, it was going to be cut off because of a pandemic. And they said, no, no, we'll have to do a hurricane instead um, because people don't want to read about pandemics. Mm. Um, but... It works, though. I love that. Book. <laughs> that's already but... changing, isn't it? I've just read a really good one that's got um, pandemic in it. Oh, well, that's interesting. So maybe it is... Time it's not now. our pandemic, but it's a, a pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. Awful, isn't it? I said that's one that I should have put Maybe on my currently reading, now. but I know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Just not concerned. Yeah, yeah. um, <clears throat> I think we should probably. Is there anything? Dolly Shepherd. Dolly Shepherd. What? Dolly Shepherd. <laughs> what? Dolly Shepherd is the aviatrix. <gasps> there you go. You can go and Google her now. Oh, she's a brilliant it's name. And she only died. Well, she's died in my lifetime. Um, so, and she's got her own, well, her daughter helped her write her own memoir. Wow. So we have, it's like living history from the horse's mouth. So, so I didn't even have to make born? her up. Oh, Ish. gosh, at late 1800s. Wow. She That's was fabulous. Wonderful. She, she got a job in the Alley Pally because she wanted to go and listen to this incredible band playing and she couldn't afford a ticket. And at the Alley Pally, when she was waitressing on tables, she met Buffalo Bill, who had shot his wife in the head by accident. And she said, oh, well, I'll stand in for her. And that's where it all started. There you go. Well, as you do. This is almost a Cathy Gourlay. 
because we've had Kathy recently Kathy. as well. Yeah. It's almost that <laughs> kind of the, sorry, Kathy. I was thinking of Kathy Howe because I've just done that this afternoon. Um, Candy, of yeah. course, with her. Uh, no, yeah. nothing like Candy. Candy will be meticulously researched and very, <laughs> very diligently done and beautifully and eloquently written. Whereas, as everything I do, I'll just get overexcited and do it too quickly. Uh, right. Well. Well, it's been an absolute delight to, to, see, to, see, As to see you both again. Thank you. You, Thank you. Thank you so much for trekking. And please come back to Peacefield. Love we will to. do. I can't wait to read your book, Sue. Thank I'm going to go down to the shop now and buy it. Thank you. So my reading was a no-brainer this week. Um, because I've already said how brilliant it was Um, and it's the beginning it's the very I've called it a prologue but actually it's almost a foreword before chapter one of Dead Rich by G.W. Shaw. They arrive at luxury marinas slipping up the Thames shadowing the pink mansion houses that fringe the shores of Portofino, edging slowly into fat moorings off Brooklyn Marina. From the hills of Monaco, you see them crowding the harbour below. Each one is different, each special. The cheapest cost mere millions. Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid al-Maktoum, the ruler of Dubai, spent 400 million on his... Roman Abramovich has a fleet of them, several costing as much as Sheikh Mohammed's. He paid over a billion for Eclipse. Most of these floating palaces are gleaming white, though some are grey or even black. Their owners like their exteriors to say something about them. There is one you often spot cruising in the Mediterranean that has been painted in rich geometrical shapes of yellow, pink and blue by the artist Jeff Koons. But more impressive is what you can't see. Yachts are secretive like their owners. Their gleaming hulls conceal dance floors, fireplaces, spas, underwater observation windows and swimming pools with glass floors under which you can see the fish moving. Many have what their designers call toy garages with doors in their hulls that open to launch other smaller versions of themselves, tenders and sailing boats, even mini submarines. The bigger, the richer. Compared, say, to the fragile carracks that took Columbus to the Americas, these are huge, fantastical monsters. Like castles, these vessels become symbols of power created to inspire awe, a physical projection of wealth and power and internationality. Like their owner's money, they can slide silently in and out of any port. Like castles, too. They are defended. They are an entire world, separate from the rest of us. They are fabulous. So, Tim, I think August is going to be a crime and thriller special for us. Yeah, we've got, um, we've got William Shaw coming on, who we talked about earlier. Um, he's coming to here to do an event with a couple of other writers, Simon Toyne and Victoria Selman. Um, on the 30th of August. Are they talking about their books? or? Yeah, I think so. Because they, they um, um, William talking about The Conspirators, his new one. Simon Toyne is going to be talking about The Clearing, his new one about a criminologist investigating a number of disappearances. Oh. And Victoria Summer will be talking about All the Little Liars, um, 
a novel kind of about sisterly love, toxic friendship, and a missing 13-year-old over, over a period of time. Okay, so, that sounds um, good. Lots, lots to talk about. Fantastic. And also, a um, friend of the programme, Greg Moss, has his latest cosy crime out, so he's going to drop in at some point and talk about that. Fantastic. So that's goodbye from us. Well, you, as usual, you can, you can find the uh, podcast on all the usual places um, and do let us know if you've got anything interesting that you, like, you want to appear on the programme. Absolutely. Book groups especially. Petersfield, let's build a band. A beat from Dragon Street and a snare from the square. A bass from Penn's Place, a gliss from Liss and a fill from Bell Hill. Ooh, some vocals from us locals and the Dave Gilmore of Tilmore. Only Petersfield's Shine Radio plays original music from local musicians. The Local Showcase with Mandy P is sponsored by Brickyard Studios. Petersfield's professional recording studio, rehearsal space and PA hire. The Local Showcase, Thursday nights at 9 and always online at shineradio.uk.